Hi, and welcome to episode four of the Let Them Speak podcast, a podcast inspired by the upcoming book release of Let Them Speak, a book written by Rebecca Coda and Rick Jetter. This week's episode is in special memory of Tanya Spillane. So we have a special guest this week. We are talking math meets student voice, and I'm going to let our special guest introduce himself. My name is Mark Allen. I'm a math teacher here at Central High School. It's my sixth year. I teach geometry, algebra two, and AP statistics. And moderator, not guest, Dr. Small is back with us. We're back again on this issue of Let Them Speak. And I'm really excited to have Mr. Allen because Mr. Allen teaches math and I'm one of the administrators that offers support to math teachers. Okay, so my first question to you is, what does student voice in the classroom mean to you? To me, it means a couple of different things. One is um, me as a teacher, if, if a student ever comes to me and says, you know, hey, can you explain that in a different way? Or I didn't understand what you said. So if you know if they tell me that with their voice, then I'm going to know. Hey, I need to back, stop up, or stop, back up, uh, reteach something, teach it in a different way. And uh, you know if they just sit there silently and let me do my thing, and I don't hear their voice, then that, that's not going to be of any help to me. Mm. Um, you know, and they should they should also have a voice in how the classes run as long as they're taking the initiative and being responsible and doing the things that they need to do because I, I know classes get boring they can stay, sit there and just listen to me talk and talk and talk and get bored out of their mind so I'm always open to new ideas suggestions or ways uh, to make class more interactive and thus hopefully they'll learn better Wow. Okay, thank you, Mr. Allen. I noticed over the course of the year you have very few office referrals, if any, um, and students are always engaged when I come in. So inquiring minds want to know, what is the basis of your success? I'm mean, <laughs> and they know that I won't put up with anything. I, I make that known from day one, that uh, I refuse to have problems in my classroom, and so, so they know it up front, and although I am, I can kind of be mean if if I need to be. I do have a pretty good relationship with most of my students, and and when you do that, when when you have a good relationship with them, they don't cause you any trouble. That's really interesting that you say that because you do have a good relationship and a fun relationship. As we noticed at Six Flags, Mr. Allen rode all of the rides. Wow. Um, and he was really excited about being a part of that. Um, so what I hear you saying is relationship building is key first before you even include student voice. Right. It, that, I mean, that's right. It is. You, you have to build those relationships to be able to have the students willing to give their voice right. or to voice their opinion because if not they're just going to sit there yeah so in the first question i asked you you said that you were very open to ideas um so i want to ask you the current curriculum requirements do you feel like that holds you back or what you have to teach what you have to get in a year do you feel like that holds you back as an educator can you be great without those requirements we don't have enough time for this one um <laughs> I am very 
critical of some of the curriculum that we are required to teach by the state and the federal government. I think a lot of it is unnecessary. And I'm more of the opinion that if I could teach less curriculum, thus getting to spend more time on it so that kids can truly master it, that that would benefit them more than me going through twice as much curriculum but them not learning as much. Because some of the more basic things that are in the curriculum, if it's really mastered by the students, then they can take that knowledge and extend it to the more compl complex concepts later on. But sometimes we move through the curriculum so fast because there's so much of it that's being pushed on us that you know, if we get through it, the, the kids don't master it. And, and, you know, mastery is the key. If you master the basics, then you can, you can take that mastery and do the more complex stuff. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. That's really it good. Does. Mm -hmm. Well, this podcast called Let Them Speak, it is about student voice, um, but your voice is important because you are a teacher's teaching students. And so we really want to know, or we want to, um, talk with you about how does one take the concept because math is a different subject a different type of subject so how does one take the concepts of voice and choice for students and apply those concepts to a geometry classroom how can you al allow voice and choice in a geometry classroom well uh, first it goes back starting with the relationships build those first and early on so that you will, the kids will be willing to give you their voice, and but but then it's it's really it's more up to the student than to me at that point. They they need to prompt me that can we do this in a different way, you know? Can wow. what what can we do different? Uh, you know, I didn't. I'm not really understanding this. You know, just but I have to know that. And if, if they have suggestions, I'm open to them. If not, I'm pretty quick on my feet as, as far as coming up with a new way to teach something or, uh, you know, teach it in a different way. But I still need that prompting from the student that, hey, this, this just isn't sinking in. We've got to try something different. So what I hear you say, which is what I'm really excited about, is that you even need to hear from your students. You need to hear their voice in order to um, change or alter what happens in your classroom. Absolutely, because I mean, I have, I have some classrooms that I have too much student voice. That, you know, they just, they never stop talking or suggesting things or, or you know, whatever, that, that's okay. But then I have other classrooms that just, you know, they just, they're quiet. They sit there. They, they're probably bored to tears listening to me. And, and sometimes I can tell that, hey, this isn't getting through to them, and I'll stop and come up with something myself to do different. But it's a whole lot easier on me if it comes from the student because it's, it's, it's immediate. Hey, I, what I'm doing is not working. I have to do something different. Okay, thank you. Isaiah. So the 21st century classroom involves giving students different options and choices for presenting their evidence of learning. Can you share with us some options that you provide students in the math classroom to uh, demonstrate what they learn through choice? Sorry. My main feedback, I guess, during the daily classroom is, I mean, 
I constantly ask questions, sometimes of the class as a whole, sometimes directly at individuals. Does that make sense? Did you understand what I just did? You know, are you completely lost? Mm -hmm. Do I need to go over this again? So that's kind of my thinking on my feet way of assessing whether or not the kids are getting it. And then of course we have, you know, the traditional formative assessments, homework. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether or not they're getting their homework right. And then ultimately when they take the test is, is when I really know. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, by that time I, I, I see a bunch of kids that they didn't get it, mm -hmm. but they didn't speak up. You know, they didn't give me their voice and we didn't try different things and, um, they, you know, therefore they didn't do well on the test. So let me ask you this. I know that a lot of students, um, you know, what is it? It's lecture about the lesson and then you're going to get a worksheet. Um, and that's how a lot of math classes run today. Um, have you ever looked into maybe providing your students multiple choices to overall achieve the goal of I'm confident in this topic? I'm not sure I'm following you. Multiple choices as in Like multiple what? choices, like uh, say you could do a worksheet, you could do a Kahoot, you could do a Quizlet Live, and overall pull that together to say, you know, have the students say I've mastered this topic. Uh, I probably don't do that enough. Um, I know some of the concepts I teach, and I know this because this is the way it was when uh, I was in school, like a thousand years ago, because I'm so mm -hmm. old. Um, but sometimes if we're on a concept, rather than me just assigning of a bunch, a bunch of problems, I will let kids like, okay, here's the concept. Now you all make up a homework problem, Wow. you know, come up yeah. with a problem yourself that, that, you know, deals with this concept and, uh, solve it. And sometimes they learn it because you can work that kind of problem backwards. You can start off with the answer and work backwards from, uh, you know, to, to get the solution. You know, mm -hmm. so a perfect example would be like a system of two linear equations where, you know, you sell 50 hot dogs and 75 hamburgers and a hot dog costs a dollar twenty-five and a hamburger costs $2. You, you can work that kind of problem backwards to, to to answer the question of if if I if if I sell this or if I'm selling hamburgers and hot dogs and I sell this many total sandwiches and I make this much total money, um, how much of each did I sell? You know right. how many how many hot dogs got sold and how many hamburgers got sold? So things like that, I think the student can really learn by in, inventing a problem themselves starting off with the solution and working backwards and then perhaps understanding it better because of that. Awesome. Okay, thank you. So um, we have some students in the classroom and this is called Let Them Speak. And so I guess we'll ask a couple of students, how do you learn best? What would you like, how do you learn best in a math classroom? What would be helpful to you? And here at, uh, at um, Let, Let Them, them speak, speak, you have free reign to say whatever, whatever thoughts you have for the questions that we're asking you. So we want to hear student input. We need to hear your voice. So how do you learn best in the math classroom? See, as I feel that this way, students have their own different learning skills. So you have people that are visual, 
that are um like they have to hear, they have to hear to um learn. So for me, I learn by visual learning. So I have to do it by I have to do it like write it down or I write it on the board. Or I have to like look at him do it because I just can't like do it off memory. Some do some people do it off memory. Like remember what happened like yesterday or like how did they describe it? Or some people like hear what he's saying, keywords to point out that. But for like in, individually, you have students that learn their own way. So like visual, hearing, memory, anything, they learn their own way by what they do best. And so like their own hobby. Okay, and that was Malachi Tucker. Thank you for sharing that. So um, what we hear you saying is that we need to look at the individual differences in students and have them tell us yeah. how they learn best. Mm-hmm. And without that, like the saying closed mouth don't get fed. So like not opening, not opening up or explaining what they need help on or like not helping them open up themselves. You also have to look at the individuality of how students learn and progress to um, get better at the subject they're doing. And if I could just add to what, what, he, what he's saying, because what he's saying makes a lot of sense, but to be able to do that every day, that goes back to the curriculum and the amount of it that we have. And, it, and that's what makes it so difficult to go outside the box and do the kind of things that he's talking about is because we have so much stuff to cover. Yes, and like, and there's so much in so much amount of time that like you can't get through everything at once because you have to put a due date on this and then a due date on that and then a due date on this. I mean, you know, I'm a math teacher. I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm very good at math. When I was in high school, I look at this Algebra 2 book here laying on my desk. I learned about one-fourth of what is in that textbook when I was in high school. I would say my curriculum was you know, 75% less than what I'm trying to teach these kids today. But yet, I turned out really good at math. Because that, wow. that 25% of that curriculum that I was taught I mastered it because we spent so much time on it and I was a label I, I was able to take that mastery of the basics and then extend it into you know calculus I took four semesters of calculus and every engineering class I took was basically a math class but and very complicated stuff but it wasn't that hard because I had mastered those basics and we have so many kids today that they get pushed through so fast and get, try to cover so much, they just don't master the basics. And it's impossible to do the hard stuff if you can't do the easy stuff. So it sounds like, Isaiah, next time, maybe we need to have some people who write textbooks yeah. on Let Them Speak sure. and see how they allow student uh, voice in writing those and creating those <laughs> textbooks. So For Mr. Sure. Allen, we've talked a lot about student voice. Uh, we've heard from a student. Is there any other student who wants to share about how you learn best in the, in the math class? Yes. See, I learn, I'm a visual learner too, but when I get hammered with like 20 assignments in one class, it makes it hard because it stresses us out because all the teachers are like, you have to do our assignment first. I don't care about your other classes. And it's just like, well, I have seven or eight other classes that I have to do homework in too, and they're telling us the same thing. And you're putting due dates like the next day and you give us like half the book to do Wow! and it's hard well I'll I'll add to that that's one of the things that I haven't always done but I've changed Um, you know now 
say I do a chapter that has five sections in it, I don't take up any of that homework until the end of the chapter. Yeah. So, you know, if they if they get a little bit behind, they've got time to catch up because they know I'm not going to take up that homework until, you know, the very end. So it's not like they have to get it done every night. So that that gives them some choice and some free time to do other things and not get so far behind. And that's just something I learned over time mm -hmm. that I decided I would try and it has worked out well. And so this also have to think of time management too, like what you do things at a certain point in time. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Ms. Mabry. So I know I know that um, from personal experience with Mr. Allenby, my AP statistics teacher, that the way he teaches I think really gets to our level. Like at the beginning of the semester I was out of school for a week and a half sick with the flu. I got both type A and type B, so that's upper respiratory and, you know, lower digestive area. So I was behind an entire chapter and half of the next chapter. And he sat down and talked to me. He, first of all, he did let me know that I needed to talk to him first, but I needed to tell him, and he sat down and he showed me, because I'm a visual learner. I need everything drawn out for me. I'm kind of extra in that way, because I just need that extra oomph for seeing like how to do it. And Mr. Allen did that for me. Thank you. So you had that, you, he allowed you to give him feedback on what you needed help with or how you learn best. And um, well, I mean, it was you were able to pace it too. Well, and it's fortunate because she's in my advisory class. So okay. she was in here every day and I got to spend a lot of extra time with her to help her get caught up. Okay. So you guys have given us a lot to think about. And so this is our last question. Um, was you know education we're always it's always undergoing reform and so right now in the 21st century classroom we're talking about how students voice can help us be better teachers better administrators so here's a question and I'm leaving myself out there as administrators what do you guys want to say to us what do we need to know so that we can support teachers in having uh, utilizing or providing opportunities for student voice so how can I, as an administrator, support the teacher as he or she listens to students to make changes in their classrooms and their instructional practices. What do we need to know? What do admins need to know? How feel, can we help? I feel like if teachers weren't so like, I feel like they're pushed to get through everything that's in the book. So that just adds stress to the kids because we have to learn stuff on the fly when we still have questions about like the last chapter because we didn't get that and we don't understand the new chapter because we still didn't get to learn the last chapter because we didn't have time. And then everything that you are learning for this chapter was based on the past two chapters which yeah. you haven't mastered. Wow. And then you also have like the teachers being impacted on force and staying book by book, staying on top of this, when yet they can't really get actively involved with students on how to complete the work. Um, I say let the teachers go on their own. Okay. Wow. Here, here would be the question I would pose you know, what's better for a kid? Mm. Take him as far as you can get him through 12 years in high school and maybe he graduates at a ninth or 10th grade level in math, but he's, he, he's mastered up to that level. Or take him to the 12th grade and he just, he doesn't know, he hasn't mastered any of it. He, really he maybe good. knows a few more different topics but he he hasn't mastered anything and I would say that it's 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 better for every kid just 
to get them as far along as they are capable of being gotten, whether that's the eighth grade level, the ninth grade level, the tenth grade level, the twelfth grade level, you know, whatever. But to just drag them through the whole year and them not really learn or master anything, I think it really does a disservice to the kids. Well, I certainly appreciate your, you guys participating in our podcast, and it is definitely important for us to know as administrators, as uh, student leaders, to hear how students are overwhelmed with the amount of content they are required to cover. cover. But you have to speak up as well. So I heard Mr. Allen say also that student voice is critical, but it's not critical if we don't hear your voices. So we encourage you to, to speak up in a, um, in, in a healthy manner, in a constructive manner, like you guys have opportunities to have student voice in the classroom through your student senate. Um, email your admins. Use your voice to make a change in education because this is your education. Thank you, Mr. Allen. You're welcome. Yes, thank you, Mr. Allen. Thank you uh, for all the students that participated in the podcast. We will see you next week on the next episode of Let Let Them Them Speak. Speak. Um, Like I said, this episode is in memory of Tanya Spillane. uh, And we are actually, we were supposed to release the book next week. But due to um, an unfortunate event, we are going to release uh, around April 26th. So like I said, we'll see you next week. We have more teachers coming to the podcast. We are continuing to get into the trench of education, and we are picking up student voice. You can go to letthemspeak.net for more information um, on how to transform your school by involving student voice. Thanks so much.